Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Of course, we're going to make sure that we're uh, tagging her, um, her link to her book so you can get her book as well, and it is about humanizing the money conversation. Ooh, that's juicy. 
So th this is great to discuss over the breakfast table here because who who can't uh, dive into that conversation or we all should because so many of us don't know that who we doesn't need... like money Woo! who does not like the absolutely absolutely so that's the conversation we're going to have before we get started I, I, thank you for those of you who are watching on facebook linkedin and youtube we, and you did we started off the live stream and uh and that was amelia thanking dave melcher the one and only for uh his brilliance as uh, again we are here on clubhouse and also streaming on social medias so if you're on clubhouse right now and you want to see the live interaction feel free to follow me or amelia or randy or of course martha onto our social media platforms we will be streaming there live so you can join us there of course you can ask questions there we have someone monitoring uh, for questions there, we can answer those questions live as as well as on Clubhouse. Put your questions in the chat. You can also private message Tara uh, that's on the stage as well. So you can ask a question, get it answered, and perhaps we'll bring you up and you can ask a question live. This is an interactive hour, of course. First, we're going to do the interview with Martha, and then we'll take some Q&A. So thank you again for being here. Make sure that you're hitting that little box down at the bottom so you're sharing to the Clubhouse hallway. Ping some people in, invite some people in. And of course, if you're on YouTube or Facebook or LinkedIn, share this video so that we can make as big of an impact as we can as we dive into the conversation of humanizing the money conversation. So welcome, Amelia. Welcome, Martha. And of course, welcome, Randy. Hey, now it's my turn. Now I talk. Hello, Miss Martha. You can Hello, unmute. Randy. There you go. How are you? I am wonderful. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. We are thrilled to have you. There's certain things you cannot see, and I hate that because we were talking about this a little bit beforehand. I'm obsessed with your book cover. I'm obsessed with the title of your book, Cleopatra's Riches, How to Earn, Grow, and Enjoy Your Money to Enrich Your Life. The cover is you as Cleopatra. It rocks. It's amazing. And so everybody, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we're going to have a link up there at some point in time, but uh, I'm going to give a little background information, Martha. Thank you for being here. You're a certified financial planner. You're a financial educator, an international best-selling author and speaker. Uh, you know, I, and we've already touched upon it, that we're here to talk about money. And one of the things that I know that you've mentioned here is money can be a very boring discussion. I would like to thank here in the Genius Hour. We are anti. No, money's discussion. never boring. No, we are, we are not about the money's boring never discussion. boring. Never, That's right. Never ever boring. We are the anti-boring. We break the boring mold. But here's where the challenge is. You've got Amelia who loves to talk about money, and I have a bad relationship with money, which I have discussed very openly. I resent the amount of time I have to spend focused on and worrying about money. To me, it takes me away from doing the show. It takes me away from being able to do the work that I love. The money is something that's annoying to me. Not that I can't do it. I don't enjoy it. So I always learn. And I'm sure and I say that I always throw myself under buses because I know it helps people. I know it helps somebody else in the room understand, you know, who can relate to that. And go, Yeah, you know what? I get that. I get that. It's kind of a pain in the butt for me, too. How is your spin, Martha? different from other people though in the financial space you bring up such great points i mean when you started with with the book cover to say and and the title and the idea is that well that's not really what you were expecting to see when it comes to a money conversation and it's because it's representative 
of what's inside the book, which is a very different money conversation that looks and feels differently on every level. You mentioned something else, Randy, and you were saying about how, you know, boring the money conversation can be. And you're right. It can be like that. And you were addressing the way that you feel, which is valid and true. And it's when we acknowledge that, that we can work through it. When we view it as an asset versus a liability, we can work through it and make it to the other side of the equation, which is all of the uh, financial facts and to do. But the difference, when we start with the way you feel and we work through that, the conversation started and continued with you and it belongs to you. So we start with the way you feel. I have to ask you, this. I'm cutting it. Yeah. I'm cutting because I have to ask yeah. that. So my Please. angst over money is an asset. Is you're, that what you're saying? Did I the way you right? feel, acknowledging acknowledging the way you feel is the is asset. the asset. Okay. So if we suppress it and we depreciate ourselves and say the way that we feel doesn't matter, did that feeling go away? Mm-mm. It's still there. Exactly. Uh, I see Amelia shaking her head. No, I hear you saying no. And so that's it. It didn't go away. That feeling is there. So I could talk with you about every financial fact, figure formula but it doesn't matter because the most important thing hasn't been brought as part of the conversation it hasn't been prioritized and that is the way that you feel so that's why the way that you feel is your biggest asset that's the starting place and that's the starting place in cleopatra's riches you had mentioned also that you have a background in education so i'm trying to understand what's not in the bio too I love teachers. That's really all I ever wanted to be. I feel lucky in so many ways. I felt like I built my own education platform through my public speaking and through my podcast. So anybody who takes the time to try to teach another person, I love and I get that sense from you. But what's your education background? Tell me about that. Yeah. So I have my bachelor's of commerce and I have my bachelor's of education as well. And I always believe that those two work together. That's what uh, really where, where my passions combine. Because when it comes to the money conversation, uh, I believe that it's a conversation that we should be having with one another versus at one another. And so that was the difference that I looked to make when it came to my own independent wealth management practice that I built from the ground up. However, when I say education around money, what comes to mind for you, Randy? What do you immediately start to see? Acronyms. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, dollar signs, decimal points, retirement funds. I mean, and and I love money and I love to have money, uh, like I said, but it's just, it's never been something, it doesn't jazz me up. Of course, because you have, you've hit the point and I'm so grateful to you for sharing. And I, because what you said earlier. Oh, I'm a train wreck and I share my train wreck ability every single week. That's my, that's my role here on the show. Amelia said, you're the most messed up person I know. So will you come in and co-host my show (laughs) so that you can be a disaster every week? So, you know, but I think, I think Randy, you know, the point here, you know, and I think part of the brilliance, right, um, is that 
Martha actually speaks with people. I think that's why women run away from money conversations because it, the minute you start a money conversation, now I start to feel bad. I feel less than. I feel like I'm going to be all over myself. Like it isn't a conversation that we've been welcomed into. And when people don't feel like they have the ability to participate in the conversation or that they don't have the evidence that somebody's going to be looking for, then they opt out. And I think that that's such, it's been such a disservice because money conversations are so powerful in people's lives, right? They're powerful to be able to get to a place where you can participate in the conversation, but be free to be able to go, I'm learning. I don't know. What does that mean? Right? Can you explain to me, you know, why is that valuable? What, what do you, you, all of those things have been the land of the abyss. And that's what's so great about it, Randy, is that you, that you are so transparent to say it isn't something that you enjoy. And I'm like, well, is it that you don't enjoy the money conversation or you don't enjoy the people you've been having it with? My mic would, I've been pounding on the mic for the last minute and a half. My mouth has been open going, oh, but and then I've been pounding the mic. No, 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 no. I mean, have the people I've been having the conversation with absolutely. And, and I say that I have a, a, a financial planner that I've worked with who I went to elementary school with, who I adore. So, but those are fairly yeah, but, limited. Yeah, too. but financial planners, Randy, are old, stodgy white men. They really are. They're, well, they're, they're like, oh, right. And then that's what I, I picked up her book because of the cover too. I was like, wow, she is hot. Well, I have a hip younger than me white woman. I have a hip, younger than me, white woman. But okay. you take okay. me into financial conversation outside of with her, and I'm I'm with the wrong people. I'm yeah, and, and that's the, the other people. thing is right. You can't be beautiful, and you can't you know dance around money, and that's what you know all the myth busters that Martha has done. I picked up the book, I saw the cover, and then I was like, oh, get out! This woman's talking about money. I'm like, I freaking love her already. And then yeah. you get into the book, and you're like, oh wow, I'm actually participating in a conversation. Not that I'm picking up most money books, A, are boring, and B, they're really, they're so condescending that you just feel bad. You just feel bad. You're like, oh, I feel stupid. It's too late for me to get involved. I mean, it's a horrible, horrible way that the industry has been um, offered to the world. Amelia, can I elaborate on that point of the way the conversation feels? Uh, because what's happening, Randy, when you were talking about what you visualize when we start to talk about the money conversation and building on what Amelia was saying of the way the conversation feels it's from the outside in it's everything else is a priority, right? Whether it's uh, understanding the, the acronyms, the to do the, this is the way you do things. And then we've got to internalize that. And so what happens in some way, shape or form, we're made to feel wrong or less than. So we're starting from a depreciating place in which we don't feel that we belong. So even when we have someone that we work with when it comes to our finances, and we may very well trust them, are we truly in our power when we're working with them? Or are we giving our power away because I've, I've read so much, I've internalized so much, and I've never truly been a part of the conversation because I've never belonged in it. So I give my power away because it belongs to someone else. 
It belongs to the select few who are better than me. The entire thing is feeling that we're spoken at, right? And that continues to, uh, that momentum continues because we've internalized that expectation, right? We have that feeling of being less than, belief that we don't belong, and then that shows up in our results. So those are three key things that I teach, feeling, belief, result. But when we start with our feelings, who does that belong to? That's uniquely our own. Now we're into a very different financial conversation because if you think about anything in your life, any event in your life of any size or significance, chances are money was there playing a role in some way, shape or form. And with that came your emotional associations that were formed through those experiences. Now we're into the money conversation that truly does belong to you and no one else. This is where we humanize the money conversation because now we're starting from the inside out. Now you're not going to someone looking for financial direction, giving our power away. Now we're looking, our expectations changed. Now we see ourselves as part of the conversation, as essential to the conversation, in fact, and we're looking for guidance. That's how I work to speak with everyone, right? With each person as an individual. That's at the center of humanizing money. I hope that that helps introduce it. What I want to know is where did your love of money come from? Something happened. You, you majored in yeah. education. You were going to be a teacher. You're still teaching. I get that and I applaud that and I love that. But something about it, this topic got you going. And is there a story there? Yes. <laughs> yes, there is. Good. Then so, I asked a very good question because I didn't know you, there was a story there. <laughs> you always ask good questions. <laughs> uh, and, 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 that's, and that's definitely a good one because regardless, there's, there is always a story. And there's, I, I feel that the most uh, I- inspirational in anyone, what I look for in, in anyone I'm speaking with is to connect to them through their story, Right. In my case, it's often their money story, but that's central to all of our stories, including my own. So I was blessed to grow up in a neighborhood that was uh, materially wealthy when I was not. Why was that my blessing? Right? It taught me so much. It taught me... Uh, being the, the black sheep was great. It taught me goal setting. And it taught me something that I teach today still, which is emotionalizing to the positive. Being in control and aware of my own emotions and deciding if they are my asset or they're my liability and always choosing it, working through it to choose it as my asset. Right. You know, I think that's a good, that's a good point. You know, black sheep find each other. Right. I, I am too. I I've always been on the outside looking in. Um, and, and I don't think that it's spoken about on the, uh, the, the value 
of being that person, the one who seeks the road less traveled, the one who uh, is okay not conforming and not being a part of it. And when black sheep find each other, they create a power of scale beyond, right? What two black sheep can do together is what a thousand of vanillas can do. And I think that we're taught not to find our our tribe, right? Because of the fear of what happens when, right? Because we say that the black sheep are, are solo, right? And the reality is that we're not, right? We just have a unique ability, right? To find our own group. And when you do that, I think I love your intellect, your genius. And I love that it's different from mine. And when you can receive people and celebrate what they are, everything around you scales, right? Versus having that comparison and that resistance energy. And I think that that's part of what really has to happen around money is that women need to understand it's okay, right? If I'm not at your level with my financial intelligence, but I can get around it and my financial intelligence rises right? Just for me, I'm a really good strategist and an amazing behaviorist. So your intelligence rises just being around me. That when we start to understand it's the power of the togetherness that creates success. That's why they say there's no solo in success. And I think we have to get past feeling bad that we're not the expert at everything because somebody told women we're supposed to be great at everything. And I'm like, okay, I'm only great at one thing. That's it. That's it. Everything else, I'm adequate at best. And to be able to really lean in, it's the foundation and the structure of our relationships that's broken, not money. Money's not broken. Our relationships around it are broken. You know, I heard of this great quote by someone that was really smart that said, we rise in our, together we rise in our genius. I don't know who said that, but, you know, she might be on the screen. Can I, I want to plug into what you said before. Basically, you saw how the other half lived. And you you saw and you liked what you saw. Shaheen was like that as well. That's another thing who we had on, on Shaheen was was on the show before. Here's what's interesting for me, be it good or bad. I was raised at a time where none of us really had much of anything. And we didn't know and we didn't care. And even if your dad was the doctor or the lawyer, frankly, other than maybe have a little extra lunch money and maybe a slightly nicer car, there wasn't a whole lot of flaunting of that wealth either. And I guess I say that to those of us who are from that era and kind of applaud our parents for kind of keeping us grounded that way. I think in this case, it, it may not have inspired me like it should have, but there was something to be said for being happy with what you had, too. Well, Randy, because it was socially unacceptable, right? You got to remember that what you're talking about, it was derogatory for me to flash my excess right? It was socially unacceptable. And so that's what you're talking about. Now with the social media world, people flash stuff that don't even exist. That's what I always laugh. I talk about, well, that's a cute post. They don't own that plane. They don't own that car. They're broke. That's renting. They're standing, you know, none of it's real, but now we're old, we're flashing and we have no substance where we used to come from an era where flashing was, it was egotistical. Right. We, we, it, and for me, again, you know, not even being from here, you know, I always say we were broke and didn't know it. Like nobody told us we were broke. Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, I was like, well, I didn't have any idea that we didn't have anything 
because my parents made up so many. And again, if anybody who's Italian, you know, or Latin, you, you got to get this right. My parents created, we had every, every week we had something called Muscos. And I was like, oh, we're having French food. We're having French food. I, I thought it was this cool thing that we had Muscos. But then I realized it was anything that must go from the refrigerator, right? Same thing too, if you look at like spaghetti carbonade, right? People are like, oh my God, it's a like great, amazing. I'm like, no, it's peasant food. That's what it is. It's leftover stuff, right? And so it's what your parents tell you that you believe. And if your parents tell you this is amazing, right? Literally, you know, you know, spaghetti and eggs is something that we eat for breakfast and it's really leftover cold pasta and an egg an egg with like nine pounds of water and one egg because it needed to feed 12 kids, right? And so you believe what they tell you. And so if they tell you you're middle class, sure, you're middle class if you live in an island. <laughs> you know, it just depends on where you are. That's so good. So Amelia, are you saying that billionaires don't actually go outside and power wash their Ferrari Lamborghini and whatever else they rent it? I mean, uh, have parked outside? Because that's, the, that's the, the funniest True videos story. is when they're out there washing their own cars. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure you wash your own cars. Uh, but I will say this, you know, as much as people flash, think about, you know, and I saw a post uh, by Elon Musk the other day, and he was talking about how people are demonizing as much as everybody wants to be wealthy and they want to be a millionaire and billionaire. And by the way, don't shoot to be a billionaire. First shoot to be a millionaire. You know, let's take in steps because if you've never made a million dollars, then, you know, how about you shooting for how about should you he, get out of debt before you right, shoot Right, exactly. And start saving a couple of bucks before saying, <laughs> I want to be a billionaire because all you're doing is shooting yourself in both legs. You're really not getting there. But I will say that Elon Musk came up and, and, and he was talking about something that made sense. And I'm not even going to go into it. But the reality is we're demonizing the wealthy people in this country and around the world because we're demonizing for some reason. So it's really also there's still a money conversation to be had even today, even though everybody wants to flash, everybody wants to be wealthy. They're still looking at the wealthy and and criticizing them like they're bad. They're screwing people over. Don't get me wrong. There are plenty that are, especially the rich politicians, by the way, because yeah, they couldn't but, write a hundred thousand dollar check but, before Tony, they got into this, office. But is, not to get too where, far off course. But this is where Tony. This is where the conversation is so disjointed. Yes, okay, one hundred percent. Demonizing the mindset of creating assets. Like, let's just remove the word money and wealth. If your mindset is I'm going to create an asset and I'm going to send the asset out to work with me and for me, that's all that's really happening. I can work on myself and I can work as a power of one and I can only accomplish one thing. But now if I create an asset and I put it. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorningfive.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. To work, now you've got two things working. And then if you put another asset to work, now you've got three things working. The only difference between those of wealth and those of not of wealth is they learned the game of assets. That's, that's what they learned. 
And so if you want to be angry because I know something and you don't, why don't you take that same energy just to learn what it is that I know? Because somebody had to teach me. And for me, again, small girl, small town, the asset was a cow. That was the asset. That's why we didn't eat it. Because it was an asset and it worked for our family. My great grandmother was also an asset because she grew the tomatoes. She grew, right? she grew the, the fruit and the vegetables, right? And so if you get the mindset of an asset to go and work on your behalf is really the conversation about money. The politicians and all those nutty people, they don't even know what they're talking about. I can't tell you how many politicians are broke. They're in so much debt, right? There's a lot of the people that you see actually are not wealthy, right? They are living beyond their means and they're actually broke. They can't stop doing what they're doing because they can't maintain their life set because they don't have enough asset generation to produce what you see in their world without them working. So it's all a messed up conversation. But again, Miss Martha, we got to go over to the guests. Miss Martha, we, we're not, a, we have no shortage of opinions on this particular hour. This is not the first time the guest is like, hello, hello, I'm the guest. Do, do, do you remember me? I'm here. Poor little Martha's like, well, this is great, but I should yeah. I can I go and take a jog around the block and come back? We do. We, we have given you tons of stuff to respond to. Respond. Respond <laughs> all you to. want. And and don't worry, I've I've never been a poor little Martha. I'm not gonna start now, so don't you worry about a thing. But I appreciate the love and the welcome. That's for sure. I really do love you brought up you're so right you brought up so many amazing points let's start with let's start with this which is uh you know something tony was bringing up of the way we demonize money and i'm going to tie that into something you said randy which is you know i saw the way the the other half lived and i liked it that's actually not true i decided i didn't I could have very easily chosen differently because here's what happened. I knew I was different. I knew and everyone made sure I knew that I did not, I was a have not. I did not have the assets. I did not live it, like the, the assets that uh, the material assets. I did not, uh, drive in the cars that, that they did live in the homes that they did. I was, and still am a di different, uh, skin tone and coloring. You could find me, uh, no problem. So it was a great safety feature, but I stood out in every regard. So I was teased very, very heavily. Now, that's an emotional experience. I could have said, people with money are like this. People with money treat others terribly. People with money are demons. I could have believed that, but in that, who would have been in control? Was I in control or were they? This comes back to something that we were talking about earlier, emotionalizing to the positive. I acknowledge the way I felt. And this is me as a kid, 
right? I acknowledged the way I felt. And then I decided who was in control. Was it money making the decision? Or was it individuals? We give money so much power that it simply doesn't have. Money wasn't making the decision. Money can't decide anything. We decide. And, and it was when I was young that I decided that everything that made me different made me unique. Because not only was I a black sheep in my school, I was also a black sheep within my own household, within my upbringing. Because I was not going to be one of the fab five careers that every Egyptian parent wanted for their child, right? And they meant well, but what did they want? They wanted me to be a doctor, a dentist, an engineer, a pharmacist, or the consolation prize was if I was going to have a great government job with a quality pension. That's okay. That's good. We're happy for her. She has stability and financial security. And then here I am da, 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 saying, I love everything to do with business. I am going to be an entrepreneur from the ground up. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And they're looking at me saying this, she's always been our problem child. She's always done things differently. And that's scary. Well, at least the Egyptian family is ahead of the Italian families, right? <laughs> because at least they gave the women thinking uh, aspirations and goals. My whole family just hoped I would learn to shut up and somebody would marry me. They kept saying, if you stop talking, maybe somebody would marry you. And I kept saying, I have goals beyond that, right? Beyond yeah. just that. But that was the thing. Shut up, Amelia. Hopefully somebody will come along and rescue us and you will just get married. And I kept saying, they didn't even think about an education. My brothers got the education, right? I didn't, right? So at least with the Egyptian mindset, they were talking about doctor, lawyer, MBA, right? I was talking right. about, you know, house cleaning, gardening, right? And being a member of the community. You know, I'd be better at church, right? And so that's the thing is we push these craziness onto women that is so limiting. Why can't we just say, like we say to the boys, you can be anything you want to be, anything you want to be, right? And I, I remember when my, my daughter was young, my daughter was like, could I be an astronaut? I'm like, of course you could. She's like, well, there's no women. I'm like, there are women. There are women. And that's what's hard when we don't see the story of the possibility. We think it's off limits. And the same thing with you, right? To be beautiful and to be financially successful and to be, you know, we need more women who can be all of those things and not when you go financial advisor, you go, oh, because the picture that comes to our head is, you know, like Tales from the Crypt. That's what we think. It's so true. It's so true. Funny, but true. So, so what, what does that do? And how do we have more women engaged in the conversation? Well, it's exactly what you started talking about, Amelia. And it's ultimately that we've internalized so much messaging that's caused us to feel a certain way, believe something that's really deep seated. And then we see it in our results. That's in, uh, for example, our engagement or lack thereof in the financial conversation. But when we're talking about humanizing the money conversation, that didn't happen overnight. And it didn't just happen in our upbringing either, because the messaging that 
your parents shared with you that my parents shared with me, right? It came from, that had an origin story. Mine goes all the way back to ancient Egypt, hence Cleopatra's riches, right? So that had, it's rich with your story. But I didn't stop there because what was another thing I was sharing with you? I shared with you about the community I grew up in and the messaging that I could have very easily internalized from there. And it's not to say I don't feel it anymore. That's not true. I'm sharing with you about it. But it represents something different to me. Then there's something that Tony brought up, which is societal messaging. The way we demonize money, the way it's spoken of, whether it's the class system, something that you had highlighted before, Amelia, uh, whether we're, we're talking about uh, media coverage, the way it shows up. I remember sitting with my son and watching a, uh, a child, like a, a kid show, and there were all sorts of families in this community, and everyone got along. Everyone was like, kumbaya. It was beautiful, except for one family that were rude to everyone else, were uh, demanding, just the, the people that you were set up to really dislike. What do you think the one thing was that they had that was different from everyone else in that community? Money, exactly. I'm seeing the, the, the money uh, kind of hand gesture come up. That's exactly right. They had money. So these are all messaging, all messages rather, that we've internalized without having the opportunity yet to connect to our voice. Then what happens? Our story doesn't end there as we're continuing to grow up. We bring all of that with us to our committed romantic relationships or our marriages. Right? And then what's the result? We see money as one of the greatest sources of conflict. And yet, where do we start? We start from the outside in. All the how-to of money. Completely disregarding the missing piece, which is the way that we feel. We start with that. We make it your human experience, which it truly is. Now we're into a conversation that is accessible, approachable, and uniquely applicable to you. That's humanizing money. It is a conversation that belongs to you because it is yours. You are the specialist in you. And everyone else is meant to complement that, not take away from that. That's how. When, I, when we change our expectations on it, this is how we change the game. The game must be changed. And it starts from within you. And that's one of the things that I say as a behaviorist, if you don't celebrate who I am, you need to get out of my way. You need to get out of my way. You either celebrate me or you're holding me back. And it's hard because people think that that's the only friend you're going to have, or that's the only opportunity. No, it's the noise in front of you that is blocking you from your highest and best self. Surround yourself with people who literally are rooting for you. Yes, yes, and yes. Often I say that if you look around your circle and your circle isn't challenging, it's not inspiring, it's not pushing you out of your comfort zone and forcing you to grow, you don't have a circle at all. You've got a cage. You've got people that are holding you in instead of letting you 
fly and be free. So I intercepted the mic because we are just a little past the bottom of the hour. So I'm gonna do a quick room reset here. So thank you everyone for being here and being part of this conversation. I encourage you, of course, we encourage you to click the link above, make sure that you're getting the book that we're speaking about by Martha Adams, who is our special guest today. She's absolutely on fire talking about humanizing the money conversation. If you're enjoying this, by the way, um, for those of you on uh, social media, we will be posting the link in the chat. So uh, you'll be able to see it and order the book as well on Clubhouse. The link is pinned up at the top. If you're enjoying this conversation, and I know you are, make sure that you're, you're sharing this video on social media. If you're on Clubhouse, make sure make sure that you hit the little box at the bottom of the screen with the arrow. Let's share this to the, your hallways. And also, uh, ping some people in. The people that you know couldn't should be here. We've got uh, we've only got about 153 people in the room. We should have a thousand. 5,000 people in this room because this conversation is so important. And I'm going to go back to something that Martha said is expectation. When you change expectation for appreciation, the whole world changes, right? Your perspective, your views change. And there's been some chat going on in the chat room. So I'm just going to touch on that for a second. How, you know, the love of money, you know, because we've been all been taught that, that, that money is the root of all evil. No, incorrect. It's the love of money that is the root of all evil. So money can't love you back. It's what money can do for you, what it can do for your family and those you love and beyond. Because we all know so many people that are super wealthy, super successful, super powerful, and are freaking miserable because success without fulfillment is failure. And it's not about what you can, what, how much money you, you have, but what good you can do with that money. So I, uh, I think it was, uh, I heard Pitbull say this once. And he says, people say that, you know, money can't buy happiness. Hell, they're just not shopping in the right places. But obviously, being that's being, making a joke. But the reality of it is, money can indeed 100% buy happiness. But you have to give it away. Oh, back to you. I've had an epiphany. I've had an epiphany. I've had a breakthrough. Can I share my breakthrough with everyone? Oh, bus, come on by. Okay, my dad is 90. He was born in the Depression. I swear when we lose that poor, wonderful man, we will find his funds buried in his backyard. So there is the discussion about what we as parents do and how we humanize that discussion with our own children. My dad never talked about money, anything, no financial planning. I graduated from college, didn't even know a credit card had a, an interest rate. So I'm not criticizing that lovely, wonderful man. That is where he was from. Now, but here's my epiphany from a human... My kids are 31 and 33, and guess what? I have not done any better. I have not done any better. And my epiphany is I need to make sure I'm willing to step up and check in on them and share. Because I know a lot. I learn a lot. I do this show. I meet all these people. It's not that I, I but I'm not, because it's still money. Shh. We don't talk about money. Shh. I need to initiate those positive healthy human discussions with my children to make sure that they have a good relationship with money. And I've got to tell you, I've been no better than my parents who I don't fault. They were living. That's how they were raised. So, Hey, Randall, it's credit ninja. Can I chime in for a second? Yes. Uh, and that's the topic that I deal with all the time. For those who don't know, I'm a credit expert. I help a lot of young kids, 17 to 25 with that. And sometimes 
when they hear it from their parents, it's a very difficult conversation. You sometimes have to have somebody else come in because you're too close to the action. And you yourself are still, I'm hearing it from a voice. I've been listening for the last um, half hour, 45 minutes. I could hear it in the tone of your voice that you are still not comfortable. So how can someone who's not comfortable with money or credit or whatever it is, talk to their kids. It's going to be a difficult challenge in itself. Sometimes you have to hand it off to someone that can relate with them. And I've been listening to Martha. Martha, I just uh, downloaded your, I bought your book on Audible. I encourage everyone to go out there and purchase uh, Martha's book. I already read through some of the previews and so forth. Get her audiobook. If you can't read, you know what? You can listen. So get her book right now, everyone out there. And it starts with the mindset. It's the identity crisis because you yourself are not comfortable with money. I got to a point where I would tell my clients to put all of their credit cards on a bed and roll all over it. Why? Because they get really close to the action. It's not because you're, you know, you love the money, but you want to be able to be comfortable with dealing with the money or with the credit in my case. And it starts with that, the identity, it's the comfort level, it's the confidence. And in order for you to build confidence, whether with money moves, stock moves, credit moves, it's that you have to build that confidence through competence. You got to be competent with it. And it's not practice makes perfect. It's practice until you are not doing it wrong that makes it perfect. Credit, credit Ninja here, I'm done speaking. Credit let me, ninja. let me, I want to comment I, I on one thing. I'm flashing your, your thing. I'm drinking out of my credit ninja water bottle that I have here. And so I'm, I, I'm I doing have a, an answer. on real stream. I'm like, oh, yay, yay. So I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Thank I you. I do want to comment. Let me comment one thing because I think this will help you. I love that. Am I comfortable? No. But yes, let me tell you why I'm lucky that I get to have a discussion with my 31 and 33 year old. We do truly have discussions. They're smarter than me. They can help me just as I help them. And we enter our discussion. I'm very lucky I've reached that threshold and I went over it. My daughter majored in social work. I ask her advice all the time. My son is the, the producer off my podcast, so he hears all this stuff. So I say this, yes, to brag about my children who are wonderful and I love, <laughs> but to let people know that I've still avoided that topic. I don't need to because I have smart kids who can we can learn together. We can learn together. I'm very lucky. So thank you for pointing that out. Or I would. Oh, Rando, I want to add another thing. I got to add another thing. People that are smart in books, they are not smart in credit. And I'll tell you why. I have masters, PhD level, like even CEOs of big companies. I'm dealing with one right now. They're super smart. He's part of Goldman Goldman Sachs. Okay, and he has 180 WalMarts, 88 Walgreens and all the Motel 6. He makes a lot of money, but his credit is screwed because that's something that is not taught in school. I don't care if you're a doctor or whatever. These are things that is taught in life. And Martha mentions that it's, it's the things that you learn through the journey. And to this day, my parents don't know what I do for a living. All that they know is they go on private jets with me and they're thinking I'm a drug dealer, but it doesn't matter. It's how do you live through life with the life skills that you need to build that confidence. So school is not everything. I want to add to that. Starting a conversation. Thank you so much for your, uh, for your contribution there. It means so much and, and sharing about credit and how important it is. It is, it is, it is so important and so central. And uh, Randy, 
from my whole heart, again, thank you for sharing how meaningful that is. Because there's something that I really believe in and it's starting the conversation. Because once you start a conversation, you can continue the conversation. And there is strength to that. And there's, there's strength and meaning to vulnerability. And, and you're, you're showing that. And learning alongside your children and starting that conversation with them is impactful. Because as you start to share what messages you've internalized, that's going to open the dialogue with them. As you share your perspective, you're going to start to hear their perspective. And as you do that, now there's empathy, not just for yourself, but for each other. And that cycle of communication continues. And the conversations that it can bring up, like credit, are also impactful. Right? But it starts with a dialogue that belongs to you and my and children my kids have trained me on exactly how i am to approach them with conversations i'm extremely well trained starting with their 18th birthdays very well trained on to how these conversations go daddy dumb was shut down on real fast so they don't respond well to that but thank you no i, I and like i say i i i say these things because I know I'm not alone. Every single time I'm on the show and I talk about the, the issues that I have or that I, because I believe in authenticity and transparency to do what Amelia and I do, and I don't think we have a choice. We've got to share this. But if I share this and somebody's going, aha, 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 and they're gonna talk to their kids tonight because they haven't had the conversation, then, then I've, we've done a good thing today. That's why, that's always why I share. I love that and I appreciate that so much. And I appreciate hearing from uh, from more people. Like that is so that is so so meaningful. So um, I I also want to thank uh, the incredible credit ninja. Right, let's show the mug one more time because it's right there. It's right there. <laughs> Yay! We don't. Uh, so we're running out of time because we got so chatty. Big shock. That never happens. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do want to open up the room. Does anybody else have a question for Ms. Martha? I do. Yeah, yeah, and feel free to put those questions in the chat as well as we're monitoring that. But in the meantime, let's go to whoever just opened the mic. Hi, this is Jennifer Jost. Martha, you're amazing. Amelia, you're amazing. I am a white female 58-year-old badass freaking financial advisor. And I finally stepped away from the white men and crips. So thank you so much for being aligned with everything that I've been saying for 25 years. I really appreciate it. Martha, I, I love your book. I already bought it. I can't wait. I've shared it with like 20 people already. I'm so excited. I love this conversation. We have to create a new money story that fits for us with the new modern money that we don't feel shame and blame. We should be able to get out there and spend money because I do believe women feeling worthy of wealth will change this world. We will step into our alignment. We will no more allow home, uh, children to go hungry. We will no more allow homeless in our country when we actually feel worthy of wealth and understand 
that money is just energy and the energy is going to do it. It could be any type of asset. Just like you said, I think it was Amelia asset. Absolutely. Martha, Amelia, you're both absolutely amazing. I am totally appreciative of this conversation. And I just wanted to put that out there. Thank you so much. Tony, did you have a question from chat that you want to bring in? Uh, I was just looking. I don't have anything. There's a lot of conversation happening in chat, but there's not, no question that uh, that jumps up. But I'll listen. I'm I just would... going to take the opportunity again. Make sure that you're clicking the link above. Get Martha's book on Audible. Get it in print. Get it however you need to, but get it. I'm, I'm As soon as this segment is done, I'm going to order on Audible as well because I'm an Audible guy. Uh, I'm always driving, so it's just it's easier for me to intake the information. But I'm looking forward to it, and everybody should because this is a conversation that so many people avoid. This is a conversation that, you know, uh, unless you were born with very wealthy parents, you inevitably have some challenges with money, inevitably. Uh, so because religion teaches that, not not necessarily, but many people, many people. Otherwise, we'd have a lot, you know, we'd have a lot more people not in the situation that they're in. So inevitably, there are a lot of people that are that are struggling with this. So get this book. This is so important. Well, and, and listen, and, there's still 10 minutes left. Ping people in, is order the book. And the book is written so well that it that it's it's um, it, you know you feel part of the conversation. And the more that you can expose yourself to the information, now when those conversation happens around you, you feel like you have a baseline. <clears throat> you know, there's nothing worse than when you read a book and then you feel bad. And that feeling when you hear a conversation, you even repel even farther away. Martha's book really is inviting. And it makes it really easy. And then you're like, oh, okay, I get it. And now you're more willing to participate in other conversations because you were introduced to the subject with the right positivity and that energy. And how you're introduced to something absolutely matters. Absolutely matters, right? And don't think just because you've had one bad introduction that you can't go back and reintroduce yourself to the topic. It's never too late. There is no wrong that can't be righted and allow this book to introduce you to a new money conversation and then lean in, lean in. You know, um, I love that there's more women going into financial advisory. I love the fact that they're taking on those careers because for every woman that you see, there's a hundred men. And so put your money where their mouth is, right? My financial advisor is a woman. Why? Because I want to support more women going into those careers. If you don't put your money behind the things that you want to change, it's never going to change. So if you want to change, then you have to support it with not just your digital currency, buying the book, right? But also then seeking out a woman to support. But that's my two cents. I love it. And by the way, for those who have been in the past and you're, you're still kind of dealing with that, remember, and you've made mistakes, remember that the past was a bruise, not a tattoo. You don't have to wear that thing the rest of your life. You can move on. And the past does not equal the future unless you choose to live there. So listen, you know, I drink out of a coffee mug every day and it says the best is yet to come. So just live in that positive anticipation and just yeah, like, like Amelia just said, support Martha, support her message, support Amelia, order these books, empower women because listen, my opinion, I think women are much smarter than men, but that's just an opinion. <laughs> that's why I, I surround myself with brilliant women as much as I possibly can. Starting with and my I drink wife. out of a coffee cup that has a cartoon illustration of me and my dog. So maybe that really kind of explains a little bit of the differences here. Um, anybody else? We've, we've got something. just a few more minutes. I want people to have access to Martha. Somebody raise your hand, jump right on in and ask Martha a question. 
Hey, Martha. This is Jeff. Oh, great. Go ahead. Ladies first. Can you guys hear me? Yes, we can. Okay, good. Yay. Hi, Martha. This is Sally. Um, so you, you sparked something, uh, and you were talking about black sheeps, but then Amelia kind of took it to a whole nother place, which I love, 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 because I don't think that conversation happens enough of people that felt like they were the black sheep of their family and felt like they have to live in this box of their family and what's normal to them. But I love what Amelia, Amelia, and I texted you this, like, I love what you said about how black sheeps find each other. And what a beautiful conversation that is when you find each other, because it's very different and you don't want to be like, well, I'm the black sheep of the family, but there is always a black sheep in the family that then goes and does their own thing. And what a beautiful thing when you find others. So I, I love what you said, Amelia, because I've never heard anyone say that, but I, but Martha, I wanted to ask you this book that you wrote, was there something that you saw in our society, which is kind of a rhetorical question that made you want to write this book? Like, what did you feel was missing that made you want to say, I got to write a book to help people? Yeah. Uh, so Sally, first of all, thank you. And uh, for, for your conversation, for your question, why did I, uh, what made me want to, to write the book? What did I see that made me want to write the book? It's what caused me to set up my independent wealth management practice the way I did, which was the belief in something different, the belief in a different financial conversation. Now, here's the thing. Here I was in my 20s, being the black sheep and saying, okay, I'm a woman in my 20s. I am, uh, I am different in every regard to the industry that I'm in. But I'm going to start off as an independent. So that means that I don't have the name backing or financial backing of any particular company or group of companies. All I have is, is my own name. But I did that because I had the belief in something different and because I wanted to lead a different conversation. And I knew that uh, it was missing. But what happened, Sally, is that I got comfortable in my boardroom. I knew that here I was having started from the ground up and built it to the practice that it became, the walls of my boardroom were the walls to that conversation. And it wasn't let out outside of that. And so I said, I've got to do something. That's up to me. And being comfortable in my boardroom, that's on me. So then I insisted on tearing down the walls to my boardroom in every way that I could. I left that practice. I transitioned out of that practice that I built from scratch because this meant more to me. Positive change. People finding their voice in the conversation that truly belongs to them that meant more. It wasn't about me. It was through me. That's why I wrote the book. I hope that helps to answer your question. That was so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you for that. Kind Sally. There were, we had one more person. I, I didn't get to see who it was that unmuted their mic, but we, we had a, a kind gentleman that, that was speaking. I hope you're still there. 
while we're waiting and because we're winding down, uh, I, I want to thank you, or we're going to run out of time. Um, just so grateful to you for doing this with us. Just the, the disappointment for those of you who are only audio only and don't watch the stream is don't see just the heart in this woman. She has been touched repeatedly by what people have said to her. She, I, I'm, I'm, it's just the face of an angel. Um, truly, truly. I mean, Amelia's smiling. She sees what I see. I do want to share next week, our friend Joel Relampagos is coming back to do the show again. I really encourage you to watch Recipe for Change. There's two new episodes out, Amplifying Black Women and Standing Up to Anti-Semitism. He has, this is a series he has, he's Emmy, nominate, Emmy nominated for the series. Uh, if you watch these two episodes this week on YouTube Originals, you will really, really, really get a lot more out of that discussion. And we're really lucky that he is our friend and is coming back to chat with oh, us. Oh, and his work is just bold, right? It is just in your face bold. And that's why I love his work. He dives into the conversations that nobody wants to have or are in denial that is happening. So both of those things are a must, a must, a must, and share it with your friends. It's going to be a rip-roaring conversation, and we are blessed that he is a friend. And by the way, I'd encourage you guys to, obviously we'd love to have you on Clubhouse, but we'd love to also have you on YouTube or LinkedIn or Facebook watching live because it's a different experience. As, uh, as Randy was saying, you know, you, you're saying things and, and that was beautiful, Martha, because you're touched, you put your hands on your heart and you can really see that, that it's making an impact. So I think that that was beautiful. So join us on video. It's actually a lot of fun as well. You get to see uh, the, the, the reactions. I mean, audio is great here on Clubhouse, but if you're watching on uh, on YouTube and LinkedIn and Facebook, you, you know that there's so much more to it. So uh, definitely make sure that you watch us, uh, watch out for us. We're going to be putting uh, the links up and uh, we're going to be here again, nine o'clock next Friday and again at 11 o'clock with our guest. So make sure that you're joining us here on Clubhouse and other social media platforms. I'm just going to take a minute to also thank you, Martha, for this conversation. Uh, amazing, beautiful. I so look forward to reading your book or listening to your book. And I look forward to future conversations together. And congratulations for being one of those champions for women in the financial world and in the world in general. Same with you, Amelia and Randy. Always great to be here with you. And we are wrapping up at the top of the hour. So thank you again for being here. And I'm going to pass it back to Amelia uh, or, of course, to Martha and Randy for last words. Well, Martha, do you want to take your last words before we transition over to the power pack social media team? I would love to. So first I want to express my gratitude, my heartfelt gratitude to everyone for sharing the, the conversation, Amelia for leading this conversation, Randy, Tony, what an honor it is to share to be welcomed by you and share this conversation together. It's so meaningful. And the last message I want to leave everyone with is, you know, often we build a lot of negative associations around money because of the idea that we serve money and use people. But when we flip that around, we really do change the game. Love people and use money. Inside out. It's yours. Hi, Ted. <laughs> I love it. And I.
Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.